six hours today trying to figure out how to ship chemicals to Canada. Well, that sucks. <laughs> you know what else sucks? Decoff sucks. You know what doesn't suck, though? First line technologies, hybrid decon. They are revolutionizing the decon process with their bar method, which is blot, apply, and remove using some wet and dry decon. Yes, and if you're incredibly lazy like I am, there is a lot mm -hmm. less rigging to this. Uh, you don't have to find any areas to store it. There's no more hoses. The system packs up all a little nice and fits in the back of your Chief's truck. Yeah, so do your own recon at makedeconsuckless.com or visit them at firstlinetech.com because first-line technology is making decon suck a little less. Hey, all you crazy people out there. It's episode 411, part D of the Operating and in Inclement Weather uh, episode. Hi, Mike. Which is, which is perfect because Hurricane Lee just came by and wiped absolutely nothing away in the United States. Yes, we will rebuild. I will we say will. that. For some knocked over in metric. chairs. They were. They will. They yeah, Canada on my mind today. I don't oh, know I, what the hell's going on. I don't oh, know, because of this to, stupid shipping thing. Trying to ship chemicals up to Canada for classes yeah. that we have. Yes, yes. It's impossible. I don't know what the hell it is. I, I, FedEx, everybody's scratching their heads. They're all pointing at each other. But there's people that know, and I have to know those people. So I'm going to be uh, you just, uh, on a tear you know, today. Take a page from the cartel. We need, a, we need a mule. Yeah, or a submarine or something like that. <laughs> you know, so if you want to be a mule, uh, let me know. So, That's right. Anyway. We pay great, and we won't kill you when you're done. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll we leave you there benefits. as a prop or something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave you there. Anyway, um, oh Hazmat Specialist Happy Hour, the fourth Thursday of every month in 1900 hours. Uh, go to thehazmatguys.com slash happy, and you will hang out. Oh, man, when is that? This, is that this week? Last no. Thursday of the month? It might, no, next it's tomorrow. The 28th. No, tomorrow's the 21st, the 28th would be the happy hour oh right you're right next week the 28th september 28th uh is going to be the next one and um check out the fdny shirt locker i know they're back up and they just put a whole bunch of new uh swag in there fdny hazmat the number one dot com and i think that's all i have on my list for right now and conferences are going crazy yeah um, where, where can they where what are the conferences oh. that we're involved with at this point. I know. I just talked to Toby Frost, uh, who is Indiana. Uh, that is happening. That is November 1st. Uh, and then we have... Um, I think he might be the last of the... No. Oklahoma State Department of Health, uh, which is a fire one. Okay. And then everything's after New Year's. So Connecticut and Indiana and Florida and... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll organize this li list a little oh, better. You know where we, we should be right now? We should be at the Massachusetts conference. Right now. Just saying. Yeah, thanks, Travis. I'm feeling, feeling a little, little homesick. Thanks. I'm getting my spam phone calls from Hotel, hotel 1620. Uh, <laughs> yeah, where are saying, you? Saying, do you want a book? <laughs> All right, whatever. All right. Let's get back into our, uh, our tips. We've got about eight or nine of them. Actually, we have eight for this one. And then we're going to do two of the really good tips in premium, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. In fact, I, you know what? I also, I had that one tidbit while you're talking. I'm going to find that uh, about 
Oh, what was I talking about the other day about mixing things? Don't remember. That's oh, all right. I'll find okay. it. I'm sure it'll pop yeah. up in your head 30 minutes yeah. after the show. <laughs> it will. All right. So anyway, so, go. Yeah, so we, we were getting into inclement weather. We were talking about the things that, that change um, and some, some basic ones like your response vehicle. Right. Uh, you may or may not be able to use your traditional response vehicle. Responding in inclement weather can be incredibly dangerous. But uh, just trying to get from one place to another in inclement weather, whether you're talking about snow, whether you're talking about rain, uh, I don't think really heat and cold, like the severe heat and cold uh, uh, would fall into this category. But definitely when something's falling out of the sky. You know, how you're getting there, how you're getting your equipment there, and your safe driving procedures in adverse weather. I know it's a very blanket statement because it goes over everything, but, you know, you can't operate safely on scene if you can't even get to the scene. That's a really good point. You know what? I mean, I, I talk to people about this, like, all the time, and, like, you know, people that don't deal with, like, snow um, on the regular are like, how do you do that? Like, when you have... I mean, listen, I know a lot of people do deal with snow, but when you have snow, it's not like, oh, we just have snow on the ground. And it's like a, you know, a Hallmark movie. Like when you start plowing snow and you have significant amount of snow, the, the width of the road becomes much, much narrow where you could pull your rig down the road and you can't even open the doors. Right. You know, so you had to almost position rigs where the doors can open up into driveways. And now everybody's in a, in a single row where you could be the 30th rig down the block. So, like, there's a whole bunch of stuff with adverse weather uh, yeah. that could where be. Where your equipment is, how far away from it is, where you are on scene. That's not even talking about actually operating. Yeah, well, that brings us to decon. Ooh, this is one that I've always been a little bit interested in because I want to know, before the hybrid decon, how the hell did people decon up in, like, Duluth? Like, what was the procedures? <laughs> like, did they just, like, get pelted with ice cubes in three different pools? Yeah, just, that's water with edges. <laughs> <laughs> that's ice, hard, ice is water. Hard water. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, I'm always thinking, all right, so, like, all right, decon in hot, we've all done that, right? We, we've done the, the level A or, or the level B or, or even bunk gear um, decon with that. And even the newest evolution of firefighting gear, which I'm... I'm going to say it out, out loud. I'm not fully on board with it. Um, I don't know if it's just eyewash. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it's a sponge. And I think deconning with water, I think the more effective way in my head is just take it off. Yes, I agree with you 100%. It, it, when we, everything that we look at with dry decon with bunker gear, it just makes so much more sense. You know, the, yeah. the, you push, you literally push it through, through the, uh, the bunker gear. So, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of, of water on, on bunker gear. Yeah, but, okay, so you got the hot, and you were saying, like, decon and cold is logistically very hard as well because uh, at a certain point, water stops working. I yeah. mean, that like, legitimately, like, it just turns to ice. So, oh, it, it works in this, uh, in this bucket because I'm constantly moving it, but if I start applying it to you in a thin format, I create ice. And, and you see this in, you know, super cold um, firefighting evolution where you see the guys up in the bucket spraying water on the fire, and they come down with icicles on the helmets, and it looks awesome for your, your picture book. But at the same time, like, decon... 
it's it's brutal and it's brutal and it's not safe right because even if you institute something like the hybrid decon if you're in really really cold weather you're still dealing with water-based substances you get to a certain point where those solutions are not going to work chemical reactions are not going to oxidize and cleave the, the the different contaminants that it's supposed to so you know you almost drop down to in super cold weather uh, you almost drop down to just a dry a dry decon where you're just going to take it off as carefully as possible without touching anything. Right. And that even one more weather condition that I'm thinking about that I don't think is addressed almost at all, you know, as far as decon, because we're always deconning, you know, oh, it's a crappy day out. Let's let's push decon to tomorrow. But the point is, is like decon doesn't wait for your weather to agree with you. It's like. If it's pouring rain outside, you're deconning in pouring rain. And that right. makes logistics insane. You know, like now your three pool, you know, if you're still doing the old school way of doing it, your three pool operation is filling really quickly. Um, everybody's contaminating everything all over the place because we assume it's just going to stick on the body. But now you are seriously just having a garden hose on everybody in line to you, go through the thing yeah, you really can't even contain the quote-unquote runoff because you, you know like if i did an acid job in the rain as i'm walking to go get deconned i'm being deconned and i'm right. not in a pop-up pool i'm not in anything and and that that takes into account then the well can the rain get into my suit because if the rain can get into my suit can it bring the product in to the suit with me can in a I dilute be, format in a diluted format can i be contaminated without even realizing it just because i'm in the rain it could change your whole ppe selection even beyond decon right because if we look at like an incident specific response for heavy rain i mean you absolutely the 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 the, the products they they have different adverse reactions on you they have different uh, means of screwing up your your actual scene itself. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm all I'm, you know. Snow is snow, and snow is honestly not as hard as you think to handle. Rain's a problem. Problem. Well, think of think of just uh, you're right. You get a heavy rain and you have a fuel transfer, right? A fuel leak or a fuel transfer. What kinds of things? How does that change our operation? Well, if I've got literally pouring down buckets of rain, I have mm-hmm. to seriously pay attention to the amount of water that's getting into my 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 either my damage tank or even my recovery vessel. Like, and that's just hydrocarbons. I'm not even talking about things that might be water reactive, right? If well, I've got a polar transfer, non-polar, non-polar, non-polar. If I have to transfer an acid uh, that could be water reactive, like now moisture becomes a serious issue. Yeah, I don't. I would love to do a little more training and like, and I would love to do, um, I don't want to say a study, but like have a day where it's going to be pouring and get somebody contaminated. It doesn't even have to be like a person. It could just be like a sheet of plastic and then see how much is naturally washed off by real rain. Like gather that collection and then pull a sample, throw it through GCMS or FTI or whatever the hell it is and see you know, okay, of all the contamination on here, which was managed, okay, we poured a cup of of, uh, of schmutz on there, you know, uh, how much actually fell into the drip pan for us to sample. Right. Before Versus, they even got into the decon pool. Right. I, probably one of those, remember those uh, those green dyes, the DEP yeah. green dye tablets? That would probably be your your. What was your that, fluorescein? 
something like that. But man, the I littlest like speck would turn everything green. <laughs> so true. Do you remember? Do you remember? When, uh, there was a, there was a lovely guy in our company. He uh, he was like, well, if one's good, twelve's gonna be better. And he yeah. threw like twelve into like the river, and the whole river okay turn so green I, I didn't do the river but i did do the i was trying to do a dry ice uh uh demonstration in front of like the public like for like oh a, i was there for that you were there for that where yeah. I, I i poured like i put like 12 tablets in and then instead of pouring a little bit of water i accidentally poured the whole bucket of water and there was yeah. literal boil over of these like 12 tablets and it was what 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 Rockefeller Center. Rockefeller Center. So we're in front of yep. Rockefeller Center, and literally <laughs> this green stuff just comes pouring out. Now these staining tablets, the concrete, staining the concrete. <laughs> Not only staining the concrete, but like you can't, you could die like a literal river with one of these tablets. And I had twelve yeah. in the bucket, and uh, yeah, oh boy, we had a covering boss it, that, that was, day. It was the same stuff that they use for the um, the Chicago River for Patty's. Yes. Day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Same stuff. So anyway, but uh, getting back to our, our heavy rain uh, and uh, things that we would do during a liquid transfer, it could have a major effect. Right. We've got to think about things like the hydrocarbon overflow. Right. If we have a, a product that's that's kind of open and we've got water getting in there, we know that most of our most of our hydrocarbons are going to float on the water. So if we have a real good heavy downpour, we have to be seriously concerned about overflowing our container with that hydrocarbon. Uh, if we have water soluble products, right, instead of actually now pushing out the hydrocarbon, because that is a, a product specific, we're now going to be pushing out a diluted solution of whatever it is that we're carrying. So we talk about the acid before. It doesn't have to be something that's water-soluble, uh, not non-water reactive, even just a regular hydrochloric acid. We start to, water starts to get into the container and it is absolutely going to overflow. And now we've got a serious issue. You know, I, there was a, um, I don't remember where I saw it, but it was something like to the effect of like emulsifiers. It was a foam thing. And they right. were saying that emulsifiers um, effect on ethanol is like minimal. It's not as much as everybody thinks about it. And it was like dilution of ethanol to like 900 times is still flammable. Oh yeah. Well, they talk about that when you, when you talk about like rail car, right? You have a, an ethanol leak and you think, Oh, I'll just pour water in it and dilute it. But now you just created, you know, a 20,000 gallon ethanol spill is now uh, a 300,000 gallon ethanol spill and it's still flammable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know how you know that? I would say training. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I have these new sound effects and I got to use them. So speaking of training, how about unlock your team's potential with customized training delivered by the hazmat guys? And why would they want to do this? Well, we deliver experience and not so much the training. That's, uh, you know, uh, that's, that's a very poorly worded uh, sentence there. I got to fix that one. Why? I don't know, because it just sees like the, all of our instructors are like experienced guys. They're on they, the street. That's the they, point. They are. We grab the best instructors. And we also, when we, we take our instructors, we partner them with incredible uh, hands-on type materials. So we've partnered with companies to bring you the absolute best props, the best technologies, the best devices, the best ability to make it as realistic as possible. 
Yep, and we'll guarantee that our instructors will keep everybody engaged. No yawning mouths in our pictures. We will only partner with the best in the field. So please do not let your potential go untapped. Yes. Choose us as your training partner and embark on a personal and professional growth journey. Contact us now by visiting thehasmyguys.com slash hire us to reserve your spot and start your transformational training today. Anywho. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know what's one thing I cannot believe I, we haven't spoke about, I don't think in either episode, is wind. Oh, that's true. I mean, I just always assumed inclement um, weather as being something falling from the sky or a temperature. All right. Yeah. Wind. What, what are your thoughts on wind? Like, how <laughs> I does can't wind... We, it's... People, I just want you to understand, we didn't have a list of things that possibly could be, like, you know, like, bats and, you know, <laughs> you know like, you know, toads falling from the sky. Lotists. Heavy rain, snow, hot, cold. Those are the major components, but I didn't even think about wind. Could you imagine? All right. So let's say we have, and again, wind is going to determine in, I always think if I'm contaminated from something, it is because the, you know, it's, it's applied in a thin format. Right. You know, I don't have a bucket like hanging off my back, but like, oh, there's two gallons on my back. Five gallons of acid. On your body. No. So the pro of that thin application is surface area is maximized. Right. Which means any influence of wind would uh, exasperate or intensify the vapor pressure or the vapor production means it's going to try to fix itself. I'm saying this in a general holistic type thing. Obviously, not all these chemicals work like this, but if you increase wind... I would argue that you are probably decreasing contamination at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, because you're you're allowing the concentration to be diluted much more rapidly and you also have a little bit better direction. Right? If I've got a windy day and I do have a contaminant that's that's vapor, I know that I can get windward on the, you know, on the on that side and I know that I'm going to be better protected. But from an operational point of view, how do you think heavy winds would change an operation? Besides communication, communication and possibly visibility. Visibility would be a problem. Visibility could definitely um, be an issue. Uh, safety also, I would say to- tools. You know, tools flying off of elevated surfaces. Like, you know, when you're in a suit and you're putting tools down, like on ledges or something like that, those tools can be dislodged and thrown over the side of a building, fall you, and hit your... You could be dislodged and thrown off the side of a building. <laughs> True. Like, no, no, think about it. You're you're on like a chlorine car squirrels. on a level A and you've got 50 mile an hour winds. Like, yeah. how the F are you staying on that? <laughs> like, legit. legit. Yeah. How are you going to stay on that? Your little magnet boots. Oh, that's brilliant. The hazmat guys, magnet boots, new yes. prop. Yeah, I love it. So yeah, I mean we've well, got all sorts of of different conditions. Um, it, the wind ch- could change your plume modeling, right? It could totally, you know, you, you could have a very a very narrow plume. You could uh, there's lots of things that that wind can do. Yeah, I got um, I have one thing here. Where is it? You had a, a mailbag that you were going to bring in at the end of the episode, right? I did. That's what it was. Mailbag. Yeah, but I don't remember what the hell the mailbag was. Oh. 
you know what? I got enough trick. Now we got it. Okay, so it was a mailbag before we go into the final two, which will be premium. Um, the mailbag was, is there something of a open-ended chemistry equation? I think that was kind of how it was paraphrased. And it's a, I think it's a great question because it's um, not... I will say everything on the street is kind of like flim flam. I don't know how to say that right. Like, well, yeah, because in, in reality, so many variables. In, in reality, if we're in a lab and we know our chemicals, right, and we know the concentrations and we know all that stuff, there is we can predict with high accuracy what the outcome is. Right. But when we come outside of the lab, and this is really true with like illicit labs, um, chemical warfare agents that are created in garages and why sometimes they won't pick up on things like FTIR and ramen, you do have all different types of variables that could lead to various products, contamination, uh, different byproducts, different things that, that happen. And if this wasn't the case, then chemical engineering for industry wouldn't be so specific and so demanding remove all of those variables so that they're literally producing the same yield the same effect the same chemical the same property over and over again. right it's 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 a good one is um is the combustion of um what is it butane i think it's butane you know i i can tell you definitively the, the through thermodynamics the coefficient of it um you're going to make water vapor and an x amount of water vapor and it's going to give you also three products carbon carbon monoxide carbon dioxide the ratio of those three are unknown because right. the temperature matters to it the, the humidity matters to it so the amount of water in the air changes the proportion so every time you throw those dice it's a completely different proportion based upon the surrounding properties that's why like in the labs like mike said we can determine with relative accuracy what the outcomes will be but there's still the variability of it like what was the vapor pressure today the relative humidity etc as firefighters we see this in actual real time not on the hazmat world but on the fire world how many different fires have you been to and you've had different smoke generation for different ones. I've been in jobs where you're standing up. I mean, shit's burning all around you and there isn't any smoke. And then you've been to jobs where there's a little bit of fire, tons of smoke banked down. You know, there's no ventilation. So everything's just kind of smoldering. And that is a prime example of just the variable of ventilation, the variable of oxygen being added to that equation, changing the byproducts of combustion, changing what we're, we're seeing happening all around us. I love it. 